Praise the Lord, church. Feels good to be in the house of the Lord. Feel his presence in this place. There's nothing like the presence of God. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. Without the presence of God, we'd be here just playing games. We'd just be another club, another social club, but we're not just another social club tonight. We are the church of the living God. We have the presence of God in this place. Our God's not dead, he's alive. Hallelujah, our God's not dead, he's alive. Hallelujah, and I feel his presence in this place. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, you are worthy, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Bradford, Sister Bradford, and the family here, and the church. We give you honor today. And we appreciate the invitation to come and to share with you about what is taking place in the Middle East. And uh, we not only reach the country of Jordan, but we also reach the country of India, where we preach to about three, four thousand people online. And there's about nine churches that are there in the state of Kerala in southern India. So we are thankful to do the work of God. It is a privilege to be a part of his kingdom and to be able to serve Jesus and to preach his message all over the world. In Jesus' name, we give God thanks. We give him honor today. Amen. There's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like our God. Hallelujah. pastor honor and uh, without him and my wife wouldn't be here today other than Jesus without my wife she's saved me from a whole lot of trouble <laughs> you know I came back into the church at the age of 19 years old I was backslid for about nine years and I was raised under the pews filled with the Holy Ghost at the age of 12 years old baptized in Jesus name and uh, you know uh, wasn't raised with my father so I ended up in the gangs and streets and drugs and alcohol and and uh, my mother couldn't raise us she just couldn't do nothing with me and my brother so we went to the streets and through all of that, I got to meet my wife in the streets and uh, prayed through, told her, you need to come to church and I'm going to serve G Jesus. I'm going to serve God with all my heart and uh, I hope you're coming with me. She said, I don't know about this. And so I brought her to church and she really said, I really don't know about this. This church is crazy. I've never seen anything like this before. She was raised Catholic, but she didn't go to church. So she she doesn't really know what church is all about. But she comes and she's experiencing the church and the preaching. And, you know, she doesn't really want nothing to do with it. So she says, you know what? I'm just going to leave you alone. And if you want to serve God, 
husband go ahead and we had a baby together already so I said well I'm going to keep serving God prayed and fasted for three days and on the third day she called me she said I don't know what you've been doing but I want this Holy Ghost I want to be baptized in Jesus name I feel like I need what you got and here she is today serving God in the truth she's the first one to be saved in all of her family first generation Pentecost thank God and she she's been serving God with me now for 10 years and doing the work of God with me and out of all of her family God would save her and just recently her mother said you know what I want to be baptized in Jesus name then she said you know what your father wants to be baptized in Jesus name so it took 10 long years for us to see her family come into the truth. But it's been worth it all. It's been worth it all. Hallelujah. So we are thankful for God's hand and God's work in our lives and what he is doing. And uh, as I get started here, we just have a few slides we want to show you all. And once again, we give you honor, Pastor Bradford. And we thank you for the invitation to come and to Elder Frost, who actually helped us get to Jordan the first time we went. He gave, he gave some missions money. We don't know him. He doesn't even know us. And uh, he gave us some support to get to the country of Jordan. And we are very thankful for Brother Frost. And... Uh, God has opened the door to the country of Jordan, so we are very thankful. And uh, I'm just going to go through some of these slides here. And this is my wife and children, and they were there on the first slide. Mia, <laughs> Nehemiah, and Hannah. She's the little one, the smallest of them all. And uh, actually, all of their names, really Hannah's name is Hannah Nell. And uh, you could find their names in the book of Nehemiah. So we call them the wall children. Hananel and Mia are the towers there in the book of Nehemiah. So you can read about them. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is just an old map of the country of Jordan. And uh, we're surrounded by five borders. Syria, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and Lebanon. So there are five borders that surround us. And uh, probably could see here the city of Amman is there on the top right next to Salt. And when we flew into Jordan back in May, this is when the Palestinians started shooting the rockets. That's the same day we left. We're in the airplane flying uh, into Istanbul and from Istanbul to Amman, Jordan, and they say in the airplane, we have to reroute this plane because there are rockets being fired, and we're flying directly through Israel, through Tel Aviv, to get to Jordan. And they say, we have to reroute the plane, there's rockets. 
And my wife said, did they say rockets? I said, no, honey, they're talking about a basketball team or something. Don't worry about that. And a young Jordanian man there in front of us said, yeah, they said rockets. And uh, she, she immediately started praying. And, but you know what? God kept his hand on us and got us there safely. We had to reroute through Egypt. And uh, we had to go through the south of Jordan and all the way back around to Amman. So we landed there in Amman, Jordan, where we were picked up by Brother and Sister Shepherd. And we are very thankful for Brother and Sister Shepherd and for their work and burden and passion for the country of Jordan. And, uh, you know, Brother Shepherd is a character, Brother Bradford. I don't know if you've hung out with him, but believe me, he has some some pranks up his sleeve. <laughs> so we drive from Amman and we're going to Aqaba, which is about four hours away. And the first stop we made, Brother Shepherd took us right to the Dead Sea. And we got off there and got to be there on the Dead Sea. We didn't go in the Dead Sea. We weren't ready for that. We just had that long flight and the rockets and and we were just ready to get to Aqaba. <laughs> and we're very tired. And we're there at the Dead Sea. And, uh, you know, we tell Brother Shepherd, hey, let's just go. We're ready to go. So, uh, you know, we jump back in the van and we start our way down. And we end up seeing a bunch of more of Jordan, which is really just desert. It's really just a lot of desert. It's all there mainly is on the drive to Aqaba. So... My wife sees some camels about halfway to Aqaba, and she says, Brother Shepherd, there's some camels there. Can we ride them? And uh, he says, Sister, I don't think you want to ride these camels. And uh, she says, why not? She's, he says, because these are the Bedouin people, and they live here in the desert. And, you know, these Bedouins, they will want to purchase you for 15 camels from your husband. He said, Brother Quaylor, would you like 15 camels? I said, looked at her, had to think a little bit. <laughs> but um, another sister actually was offered to be bought for for 15 camels, and she's She's, you know, an elderly sister, and, and she tells these Bedouins, you think that's all I'm worth is 15 camels? She says, look, if you got 99 camels, you can have me right now. <laughs> 99 camels. They didn't have 99 camels. That's why she gave that number. <laughs> but anyways, we make our way down finally to Aqaba, Jordan, down the King's Highway. And go ahead and go to the next slide. And there's just another map. And, uh, of course, on the map on the right, you see the kingdom of Edom, which is where Aqaba is at. This is where Esau dwelt. That is the land that we are going to be stationed at preaching the gospel in the land of Edom. And, of course, in the middle you have Moab, which is uh, Mount Nebo in that area, and then the kingdom of Ammon, which is... Amman, Jordan, the capital city. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is just some pictures of Aqaba, Jordan. 
And here are some of the saints of God that are getting our home ready. They're painting and cleaning our home that we purchased while we were there in the city of Aqaba. This, this home is right behind the church and uh, right in front of a mosque. So we're sandwiched in between a mosque and the church where we hear them yell the call to prayer at 4 o'clock in the morning every day. And uh, they, know they, don't, they don't skip a beat. And it's five times a day that they're yelling the call to prayer. And uh, this is our home that we picked up there. And we are very thankful that the Lord opened the door for us to get this home. And, you know, homes don't come open just that easy. But God opened the door for us to get a very nice home. It's about two stories. And it has, has about four or five bedrooms. And uh, the church and Brother Shepherd is leading them to get the home remodeled and ready for us to move in. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And besides that, while we're there, of course, we have church. And this is an Egyptian Arab sister who received the Holy Ghost after seeking for the Holy Ghost for nine years. She'd been baptized in Jesus' name, and she'd never received the Holy Ghost. But we show up, and I believe by the grace of God, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. So we are very thankful for that first night there in Aqaba having church that God would fill her with the Holy Ghost. And she was speaking with other tongues. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And here's Brother Stephen from Kenya who also received the Holy Ghost. And he had been seeking for two years. We prayed for him and God filled him in the altar call. And he was speaking with other tongues as well. And go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is my wife testifying and teaching during the midweek service. And she is sharing her testimony of how she has been the only one serving God. She's first generation Pentecostal. And she is telling the whole church this. And as a result of this testimony and teaching, one of the Jordanian sisters walks up to her. The next day, and she's in modest apparel. And she says, because of your testimony, I want to dress holy. I want to dress modest. And she's a Coptic Christian uh, background. And she is persecuted by her family. They're, the Coptic Christians are also persecuted. So this testimony by my wife actually helped her. She's already has the Holy Ghost. She has already been baptized in Jesus' name, but she was struggling with modesty. But she's no longer struggling with that anymore. And not only did she dress in modest apparel, but she also started working in the church and wanting to be used by God. So we are very thankful for that. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is actually her there praying. And she was wearing pants the whole time. But then she felt the conviction from the Lord to put on a skirt. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is Brother Paul here from Kenya as well. He received the Holy Ghost. And he had been seeking for a couple of years. And go to the next slide. And this is just an altar call with the Arab families and the families from Kenya and Hong Kong and the Philippines. 
And uh, Brother and Sister Shepherd have a multicultural church, very, very multicultural. So we are very thankful for that. And this is a prayer meeting we had where a lady was healed from malaria. So thank God for that. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is just some fellowship with the Egyptian Arab family that we had with the shepherds and this family here. And we had the famous traditional Egyptian Arab dish called makluba, which is there in the middle, which you ought to try sometime. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I like it personally. I, I really like Arab food. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is here, the Red Sea. And so when we go to the beach, we get to go to the Red Sea there in Aqaba. That's our, that's our beach, is the Red Sea. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is us. We paid for the church to come on a boat ride on the Red Sea and the shepherds. And we all went and just had fun. And we were fellowshipping there at the beach that day. And uh, we were having a lot of fun. And it was just an awesome time to be there. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is my wife and Sister Shepherd and the Jordanian sister. And this is some other sisters here having Secret Sisters Fellowship Night, which is something that they do there in Jordan. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is going us going to Petra. And uh, go ahead and go to the next slide there at the treasury riding camels and this is the church family in Jordan some of them not all of them and this slide here this is a sister from Hong Kong and we had been praying and asking the Lord to give us confirmation to uh, live in the country of Jordan to assist brother and sister Shepherd. and uh, the sister drew this painting or she painted this painting for us. And she said the Lord spoke to her and said to tell us that we were going to cross over back to Jordan. We were going to have many obstacles on the way. But God was going to open up the Jordan River for us. For us to cross over to his promises. So we are very thankful for that. Go ahead and go to the next slide. And this is just my wife and children again. And pray for Jordan. Pray for us. Pray for the shepherds. Pray for the work that is happening there. Brother and sister shepherd are getting ready to build a building that we are going to be a part of. And so when we get there, we're going to have a lot of work to do. And uh, we are also, also trying to uh, get a vehicle, which actually... I think the vehicle's been taken care of, so thank God for that, and uh, we are excited about that. So God is opening up many doors for us, and if it wasn't for the Lord, we would not be here doing any of this if it wasn't for God, and we are very thankful for that. Well, I guess we're all done with the slides. What do we do next? <laughs> well, let's have church. <laughs> Thank God. Jesus name. We're going to have good church. Holy Ghost filled church. Amen. Let's all stand and lift up our hands and worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands and worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be glorified. He's worthy to be magnified. Hallelujah. There's nobody like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's working in the earth. Hallelujah. Oh, he's working in the Middle East. He's working in America. Hallelujah. He's working in India. He's working all over this world. Let's magnify him. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. By the end of all of that, Brother Bradford, being in Jordan, God filled four with the Holy Ghost, and two backsliders prayed through. And many people were touched by God. And God is moving in the Middle East. So we are very thankful for God's hand that is upon us. And we are privileged to be a part of his kingdom. Amen. Thank God. Well, if you could open up your Bibles to the book of John chapter 6. Also, please pray for the country of India. We will be going there soon to preach a conference and to be with the brothers and sisters in the Lord who are there working, evangelizing, and preaching the gospel and risking their lives. Um, the pastor there, he evangelizes for 12 hours every day. Him, his wife, and his children. And these people are real, real people. And they struggle. But they're there. And they're preaching the gospel. They preach in the streets. They sing in the streets. And if they get caught, they'll be imprisoned. They'll be killed. But these people have no fear. They just continue to preach the gospel all over the country of India. So pray for them as well that the Lord's hand would be upon them and protect them. They need God's divine protection upon their lives and pray for God's divine protection upon us as well. Jesus name, because there is a lot happening in the Middle East and in India. In the book of John, chapter 6, verse 48, the Bible says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. You put your Bible down and let's just pray right now and 
call on that great name that's above every name. God, we come before you. We ask you, Lord, to anoint this service. Lord God, let there be a rushing mighty wind of the Holy Ghost that would blow in this house. God, let your power and your glory set in this place today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray right now. Lord, we pray right now. Lord, we pray right now. God, touch us. God, touch us right now in Jesus' name. God, we need your hand to move in this service, God. Oh, anoint my lips. Anoint my voice, God. Help me, Lord, to preach your word. Help me, Lord, to minister to your people. Help me, Lord, today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Let's give God glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. You may be seated. I would like to entitle this message, World Changers. World Changers. Look to your neighbor and say, you're a world changer. Now look to your other neighbor and say, you're a world taker. Because we have a world savior. Hallelujah. Jesus is referring back to the time of Moses. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness asking for food to eat. So God rains down manna from heaven. And manna in Hebrew means, what is it? What is it? It's a question that is yet to be answered. So in the book of Exodus chapter 16 is where we read where manna was given by God in abundance. The Jews could gather as much as they needed for their tents and eat as much as they wanted. But by the end of the day, the manna would rot. So God would produce their provision, but their provision was temporary. Hallelujah. Are you thankful for God's provision? Are you thankful that God provides for your every need? Hallelujah. When you need a healing in your body, God provides. When you need a miracle, God provides. When you need money in your pocket, God provides. Thank you, Jesus. But here's the thing about the manna. Is that it was produced for one nation. For one group of people. And the purpose of this miraculous edible substance called manna was to show God's people that he was able to provide for their needs, number one. And it also showed them that God wanted his people to know him in a personal way. God wanted his people to know him, to receive him, to believe in him, and nobody else. 
God wanted his people to know him in a personal way. But as time passed on, we see that the children of Israel would develop a mentality of the temporal and a mindset of selfishness. For 40 years, the children of Israel would gather manna. Jesus is using Moses in the book of John chapter 6 that we just read. And he's using the manna as a revelation of himself. And Jesus is about to change the dynamics, the mindset of these Jews from a nationalistic framework or mindset to a world-saving mindset. The framework of Jesus was totally different from the way that these Jews were taught and the way that they thought. We see the model of Jesus was not to remain as one group of people, as one culture, and one nation. The model for the mission of Jesus was to take the whole gospel by the whole church to the whole world. The model of Jesus was to take the whole gospel by the whole church to the whole world. Hallelujah. It's not just up to your pastor. It's not just up to the ministry. It's up to the whole church. It's the mission of the church to take the whole gospel to the whole world. Hallelujah. If there's anybody, it's the church. It's not the government. It's not the White House. It's God's house. We've got the answers that the world needs. I know that there is an idea that is being pushed for nationalism. And let me just say this. I love my country. I love America. I was born and raised here. This is all I really know. My Hispanic culture has been mixed with American culture. I don't even know Spanish, Brother Bradford. That's how bad it's gotten for me. I love America. I love the model of America. I love the morals. I love this great country. This country is blessed by God. There's no other country like America. We've traveled from country to country. And believe me when I tell you, there's no other country like America. We've been in these airports We've been beyond these borders. And believe me, there's no other country like America. We are blessed people. We are blessed. Believe me when I say that. We are blessed. But I know that there is an idea of nationalism in America. And I love our great nation. But this nationalistic idea will not work in the kingdom of God. It will not work in the church of the living God. It will not work in you and me if we're going to serve Jesus. It will not work in this house today because a nationalistic idea says it's all about my nation. It's all about 
this country. And it's about really nobody else. So that will not work in the church. Because God did not just call us to reach one nation. God did not just call us to reach one nation. He didn't call us to reach one language and one group of people. God has called us to reach everybody. And I know that there are borders in America. And we were just in Arizona and we were there at the, at the great Trump wall. We've seen it. It's right there. Seen all the border patrol as we were driving through Arizona. So I know that there's borders. And I agree with the borders because they are meant to keep people out that have no business in this country. Because there's some people that don't have our interests. There's some people that come here and they're terrorists. And there's cartels. And there's drugs. And there's a lot going on there at those borders. So I agree with the borders. The borders are there to keep people who don't belong here out. But those borders will work in America. But those borders won't work at the front door of the church. Those borders will not work in this house today. Those borders will never work in God's kingdom. Those borders in our minds and in our hearts will not work if we're going to reach this world. Those borders that we have put up, which are walls and barriers that tell us don't reach him. And don't reach her because you don't know her and I don't think she could be saved. Those borders will not work in our church. Those borders will not work in our spirits. Those borders will not work in the kingdom of God if we're going to reach this world. Hallelujah. If we're going to reach everybody. That's what God has called us here for. That's why God saved you. Because he wants you to reach everybody. We need to allow God to tear down those borders. Those barriers that we have built up in our minds. If we're going to reach this world. That's exactly what had to happen to me and my wife if we were going to reach Muslim people. If we were going to reach Hindus, because we've reached those as well. If we were going to reach the Sikhs, because we've reached those as well. If we were going to reach all people, we had to tear down those borders, those barriers, those thoughts that came to us and said, but they're terrorists. And I know you get those thoughts too. I know I'm not the only one. My wife had those thoughts, Pastor. When I told her 
We're going to reach the Muslim people. God is calling us to reach Muslims. She looked at me and said, you're crazy. I'm not reaching Muslims. This was four years ago. And two years later, God fills a Muslim with the Holy Ghost, who is a Syrian refugee who lives in Fresno. And when my wife seen that God filled this Muslim man with the Holy Ghost, she said, I'm with you. I want to reach Muslim people. Why? Because she got joy from reaching a Muslim. And then the next day, God filled a Hindu with the Holy Ghost. And then the next day, another Hindu. And then God began to touch Sikhs. My wife laid hands on a woman who was doing her eyebrows. <laughs> she went in to get her eyebrows done. And she came out speaking in tongues. And I was in the car. And she said, I just prayed for this Sikh lady who had arthritis. And I said, all right, well, let's see what God does. She came back again the next time to do her eyebrows. And the Sikh lady was rejoicing, saying, I don't know who your God is, but he healed me. He healed me of arthritis. He healed me of the pain that's in my body. Hallelujah. Our God's a healer. He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. There's nothing that he can't do. But we had to tear down some borders, some barriers, before we were going to reach these people. If we're going to reach them, church, we need to ask God to help us with this. We need to ask the Holy Ghost to help us with this. It's only by the Holy Ghost. It's only by God that's going to help us to reach our world. It's only by God that's going to help us to reach the unreached, to preach to the unpreached, to evangelize the unevangelized. Hallelujah. The revelation of the manna. Manna means what is it? I want to talk about this manna for a little bit. Because manna means what is it? What is it? What is manna? That's what these Jews were asking. They didn't know what the manna was. They couldn't figure it out. But the revelation of the manna is Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread that came down from heaven. Manna means what is it? The answer is, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. Manna means what is it? This world is asking, what is it? What is it about you? 
What's so different about you people? I see something different about you. The way you dress, I see this glow in your face. And the answer is, it's Jesus. We know who he is. We know what we've got. We got the Holy Ghost. We've got salvation. We've got Jesus. Hallelujah. We know what the manna is. We know what the world is looking for. We know what the world needs. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Hallelujah. They're looking for it in drugs, but they're never going to find it in the drug world. They're looking for it in alcohol, but they're never going to find it in the beer. They're looking for it in women, in money, in jobs, and they're trying to fill the void. But the only way they're going to fill that void is it takes Jesus. I said it takes Jesus. Hallelujah. We know who Jesus is. The manna in the Old Testament was a type of Christ. But the New Testament manna is Jesus. The Old Testament manna was temporary. But the New Testament manna is eternal. The Old Testament manna was for one single nation. But the New Testament manna is for the whole world. It's for every nation, every language, every tongue, all people. Hallelujah. This manna has got to go beyond the borders of America. This manna has got to go beyond. Hallelujah. To your neighbors and to your school and to this city. We got to tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and I came to give my life for the world. The man of which is Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. The man of which is Jesus said in Matthew 24, Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. This manna, which is Jesus, commanded his disciples to preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What's his name? What's his name? Hallelujah. I said, what's his name? We know that name. We know the manna. We got the revelation of the manna. We got the revelation of who Jesus is. This church knows Jesus. The Muslims don't know Jesus, yet they say they do, but all they know is he's a prophet. But we don't know him as just a prophet. That's right, Pastor. He's more than just a prophet. He's God in the flesh. Hallelujah. I said he's God in the flesh. He's God who wrapped himself as a man. And he came 
to reach the whole world. He came to reach everybody. That's why you're here today. If it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. Hallelujah. Jesus came to reach everybody. Jesus came to reach the unreached. Jesus came to reach the unevangelized. Jesus came to reach everybody. This world needs the revelation of the manna. I said this world needs the revelation of who the manna is. But the only ones that know who the manna is, is the church. That revelation is put in you and me. So it's our mission to tell them about the manna. It's our mission. Hallelujah. <clears throat> we got to tell them about Jesus. We got to tell them about Jesus. We got to tell everybody. Time is running out, Pastor. And there's a lost and dying world. And there's a lost and dying world. And there's a lost and dying world. I don't know about you, but that moves me when I say that. There's a lost and dying world that doesn't know who Jesus is. And I want to go tell them. And I want to go reach them. Hallelujah. I want to go preach to them. I want to go tell them about Jesus. Time is running out, church. And we got the revelation. In the Old Testament, God told Abraham, In thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed. The Abrahamic covenant was that all nations would be blessed. That his seed would be like the sand of the seashore and the stars of heaven. That's the Abrahamic covenant. He was going to be a blessing to all nations, to everybody, to everybody. But Moses doesn't fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. He only delivers one nation. Joshua didn't fulfill this covenant. He only conquered one nation. David didn't fulfill this covenant because he defeated the giant Goliath for one nation. And as you go down the line, you'll start to see that none of them actually fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. But we see it fulfilled in Jesus. We see it come to pass in Jesus. We see it fulfilled in the book of John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him should not perish but shall have everlasting life. It's fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus came with the mission to reach everybody. 
You may be asking, well, how am I going to reach everybody? I'm not going across the Middle East. I'm not going on the other side of the world. God didn't call me over there. Well, I'm glad you thought that. Because they're coming here, Pastor. Where do you think the people from Afghanistan went? They didn't go to Mars, I'll tell you that. I hear they went to Texas. Why? Because I asked, where do those people go? I want to know. Why do I want to know? Because I want to reach them. I want to know where they're at because I want to reach them. That's why I asked the question. But from Texas, believe me, they're not going to stay in Texas. They're going to go all over. There's going to be some that are going to come here to California, to Bakersfield. They're going to probably live somewhere down the street from you eventually. But these people are coming. Lebanon had a civil war in the 70s. And out of that, the refugees from Lebanon came to America and Europe. Then the war with ISIS and all those refugees fled Syria. They fled Iraq. And where do you think they, they came? They came over here. Where do you think they went? They came to America. And we were able to reach one of them. You don't have to go over there. They're coming here. They're probably your neighbors. Some of them been here for 20, 30 years. And I don't say that to condemn anybody, but I'm just saying they're here. Time is running out. Jesus is coming back. And we need to tell them who Jesus is. We need to reach them. We need to preach to them. We need to get them in a Bible study. We need to see this church filled with multicultural people from other nations, from Afghanistan and Syria and Iraq. Why not? Why not? Why not reach them? Well, you might say another thing in your mind. You read minds today. I can't speak their language. So how am I going to reach them, Brother Quaylor, if I can't speak their language? Does anybody know the language of love? You may not know how to speak their language, but if you know the language of love, if you can buy them a cup of coffee, and you know the Arabic coffee don't cost a lot, cheaper than American coffee so if you can buy them a cup of coffee and hand it to them and try to communicate with them through your actions of love these people are going to see that and they're going to know exactly what you're doing this person's trying to build a relationship with me this person's trying to communicate with me through the act of love you know what me and my wife did, Brother Bradford? The Lord told me, since we've been reaching Muslims here in California, all over California, 
Every city we go to, we reach Muslims. And God told me to make flags of all the Middle Eastern countries. And every time they have an Independence Day, God said, go and find them. Meet them, get their numbers, and when their Independence Day comes, text them and say, happy Independence Day, I got a gift for you. And go drop off their flag and celebrate Independence Day with them. We know what Independence Day is. Everybody knows what Independence Day is in America. Well, they have Independence Days too, where they celebrate their freedoms that they believe they have. So I begin to make them gifts that represent their country to go and give to them. And so as we go from city to city and we meet them and we find out what country they're from, and don't ever guess what country they're from because they'll get offended. And I learned that on early on. Don't say they're from Saudi Arabia and they're from Iran and Iran and Saudi Arabia are enemies. You don't want to do that. Don't guess if they're Jewish. Don't even try to guess. Just say, hey, where are you from? And that's what we did. And they began to tell us and we got their numbers and their names and we stayed in contact with them. And when their Independence Days come, we would text them and go celebrate with them and give them these gifts. And let me tell you how many doors this has opened. These people now love us. We go in their houses. We pray with them. We're even able to teach them Bible studies. All because of the language called love. And if they don't know how to speak English, there's always a child there who's been going to school in America and they've been learning English. And we communicate through their child that Bible study. So if you know the language of love, then you can reach every culture, every people, every nation, every tongue. And there's another thing that you got to do and you got to know. Is you got to know that they need to feel the presence of God. They need to feel the Holy Ghost. When you go into their homes, they need to feel the presence of God. Because that's what makes us different from them. Is that we can feel the presence of God. And when they feel his presence, believe me, you'll know because they'll start crying. And they'll ask you, what is so different? What is this? And how do I know? Because my wife began to reach Muslim women. And she taught eight Muslim women a Bible study in 115 degree weather. And they're all modest. <laughs> they were all covered up from head to toe and burning in sweat. But these eight Muslim women challenged my wife. They challenged her with questions about Jesus and him crucified. Did he really get crucified? How do we know he really got crucified? How do we know Jesus is God? How do we know the Bible is true and accurate, the same word of God 
that was there at the time of the disciples. So my wife began to share all of this with them. And by the end of that Bible study, by the end of that Bible study, she said, let's all pray. Because we haven't felt the presence of God yet. And they all lifted up their hands. She said, lift up your hands. This is what we do in the church. Lift up your hands. And immediately, as soon as they started praying, one of the ladies there from Yemen began to cry and weep and say, what is this? And she wasn't talking in English because she doesn't know English. She's talking in Arabic. And she's telling her daughter, what is this that I feel? And her daughter tells my wife, and my wife says, this is Jesus. What you're feeling is Jesus. That's who you're feeling. You're feeling the presence of Jesus. You see, this world doesn't know who Jesus is. The Muslims really don't know who Jesus is. They really don't know. We've, we've got the revelation. We've got it. We've experienced it. We've seen that revelation. We know what his presence feels like. We get to fill the Holy Ghost when we come into prayer, when we come to church. We get to hear the preaching of Jesus. But the world, they don't get to feel that. They don't get to feel that. They don't get to experience that. So this world needs the manna. They need the revelation of Jesus. And this world needs an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And those two go together. Those two go together. You need the revelation. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you need to repent of your sins. Right? That's what, that's what this world needs. Joel 2.28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Upon all flesh. That's Arabs. Afghans. India. Punjabis, Lebanese people, they need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to be poured out upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days will I pour out of my spirit. This world needs an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Can I get some young people to help me, Pastor? Is that fine? I need some young people. I need about one here, two here, three on this side. And four somewhere down at the end. So one, two, three, four. Thank you.
And as they're getting up here, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many got that power? How many received the Holy Ghost? It says, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It's going to go from Jerusalem. This brother right here represents Jerusalem. It's going to go from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is one city. But it's not just going to stop there. It's going to start in Jerusalem. But then it's going to go to Judea, which is the region of southern Israel. And then it says it's going to go to Samaria, which is the northern part of Israel. And then it's going to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. To the uttermost parts of the earth. But Jerusalem is pretty far from the uttermost parts. We're way over here in this city. But we need to get to the uttermost parts. But they're way down there. We can't reach them. We can't preach to them. Because they're too far away. It starts in Bakersfield, but it doesn't end in Bakersfield. It starts here in this city, but it's never meant to stop in this city. Because then you got to go start a church in another region. And I believe Brother Bradford and them are already doing that. And then you got to go start a church in another region. And then you got to go start a church uh, all the way somewhere in another part of the world. Why? Because we need to reach the uttermost parts of the earth. We need to tell everybody about Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to tell everybody about the manna. We need to tell everybody about the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs to hear. Everybody needs to hear. Hallelujah. It's not just for you and me, but it's for everybody. It's for all nations. It's for all languages. It's for all people. You may be seated, brothers. I hope that I can encourage somebody here today. I hope I can encourage the whole church and motivate everybody here today and inspire everybody to go reach the world. We can't just stay in Bakersfield. We can't just stay us four no more. And I know you got a full building here. But we can't just keep reaching one culture and one group of people we got to go after those that have not heard the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I reached that Muslim man from Syria, I gave him an Arabic Bible before I brought him to church. 
because I was going to teach him a Bible study. And my wife at this time thought I was very crazy for reaching Muslims. And I'm about to go into his home, me and another brother. And I'm nervous. And I still got those borders built up in my mind. And I don't know what's going to happen. I was paranoid. But I said, Lord, if you called me, I'm going in here. And I'm going to teach this man the Bible study. And I got in his living room. Well, took my shoes off because that's their cultural practice. And I step into his home. And I'm waiting for him to come out with a gun or something. <laughs> but you know what? He comes out and he greets me. He embraces me, hugs me, and he tells me, welcome, come in. And I say, here, I have a gift for you. Here's the Arabic Bible. And I hand it to him. And he says, okay, before we start this Bible study, we need to have some snacks. I say, okay, sounds good. You know, he brings out the snacks because that's a cultural practice. And they're, they're not my kind of snacks, but, you know, we, we have snacks. And they were good. Then afterwards, he says, okay, I know we can't have food. Usually we'd have food for you, but can't do that. So, you know what, let's just get into the coffee. I say, okay, well, I love coffee. So he brings me and the brother a cup of coffee. We began to just sit there and sip on some coffee. And I'm thinking, man, I came here for a Bible study. What are we doing? I'm ready to teach this Bible study. And, you know, he's just taking his sweet time. And he's just, and that's just the way that they do it. That's their cultural practice. Just take their time. And I don't know any of this at that time. I didn't know about that. And we're sitting there drinking coffee. And finally we get done. And he asks us if I want some more. And I say, no, thank you. It's fine. And I really appreciate this. And I say, hey, let's, let's talk about the Bible now. He says, okay. Something that I learned is the reason why they have the coffee is because after coffee means we're going to talk business. after they eat and they give you snacks and do all this other stuff the last thing they'll do is have coffee and this means it's time to talk business and it's not business about your job your career your education about what kind of boat you have and what kind of car you drive that's not the kind of business that they want to talk that's American business but this business that he's referring to is God let's talk about real business let's talk about God so we open the Bible, and I start teaching him. And when I look up, the man is there in front of me, and he's on his knees. And he's there right before me, and he has the Bible like this. And he's holding it and kissing it and doing all this stuff with it. And I'm looking at him like, what is he doing? And he stops me and says, you know, I've never read the Bible. I've never seen the Bible. I've never held the Bible. 
didn't even know what the Bible looked like. That's why I'm kissing it. That's why I'm hugging it. Because it's precious. Because this is God's word. And he began to tell me and show me these emotions and this expression of gratitude and, and, and honor for the word of God. And it convicted me. It convicted me because this man is a Muslim who's embracing the Bible like a child. And I'm trying to teach him. But he's there, humble, embracing God's word. And he's never seen it. He's never read it. He's never held it. And that's what this world is missing. And there's more people out there like him, Pastor. They've never even seen the Bible. They've never even held the Bible. And most of them are Muslims. There's 1.8 billion Muslims in the world. There's 6,992 unreached people groups. And in just one group, millions of them have not heard the gospel. That's the 1040 window. And this man is there and he's embracing the Bible. And after the Bible study, I was so touched and I said, you got to come to church. And he said, okay, I will. I said, would you, would you confess something? Because I know you're a Muslim and I know you believe that your God is Allah. I said, if you believe what I taught, do you believe that Jesus is God? And he looked at me and his eyes got big. And he started crying and he said, I see it. Jesus is God. I see it. I see it. I want to come to church. And I want, I, want to, I want to be a part of this. And he comes to church and he gets the Holy Ghost. Brother Cody Marks is preaching and 16 people received the Holy Ghost. And this Muslim man was one of them. Then we tell him, get baptized. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we've been working with him. And the only thing that's stopping him is that the Muslims in Fresno already heard that he was coming to church. And they said, if you continue to go to this church, we will kill you. We will have to do something about this. And the Muslim man says, who will take care of my family, Brother Quaylar? Will you? Will the church? See, Muslims count the cost. They have to. They have to count the cost of living for Jesus. So we're still working with this Muslim man. But we don't stop. We just keep reaching. We just keep reaching after him. We just keep reaching after all of them. We just keep reaching because they need to know who Jesus is. They need to know who Jesus is. They need the Holy Ghost. They need salvation. Your family needs salvation. Your neighbor needs salvation. There's people I'm sure in your family today that are lost. And they need salvation. And we need to reach them. We need to get a burden to reach them. We need to get a passion 
back in our hearts to reach this lost and dying world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost trying to move in our midst. Oh, let's pray right now. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord trying to get our attention. Oh, he wants to change our mindsets. He wants to change our mentality. He wants to change the way we think. He wants to give us a true passion and a true love for souls. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's the intercessors? Hallelujah. We can go there in intercessory prayer right now. Hallelujah. When's the last time we interceded for a lost and dying world? When's the last time we interceded for somebody in another country there's missionaries that need prayer hallelujah 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 Let's ask the Lord, God, help me to be a world changer. God, help me to reach this world. Help me to reach after everybody, every tongue, every culture. Help me to reach the unreached. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, God, give us a passion for souls. Oh, God, give us a passion for Bible studies. Oh, God, give us a passion 
Oh, God, give us a passion to knock doors. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the musicians can get ready, I don't know if you guys are going to play music and sing. Whatever you guys do here. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this. Before we leave California, Pastor, my wife made this statement to me. She said, when we leave the Jordan, when we go and we leave everything, She said, what about those people that we've been reaching in California? What about all those Muslims and all those Hindus and all those Sikh people and all those Buddhists and all those different cultures? What's going to happen to them? Who's going to reach them? She began to weep and she said, I don't know, but we need to pray. We need to pray that God would raise somebody else up to reach the unreached in California. Every day, Pastor, after working 16, 20 hours, I would go and talk to Muslims for eight hours every day for one year straight. I never missed a day. And I would spend eight, nine hours preaching to them. And when my wife told me this, I thought about that. And I said, who's going to reach them? Who's going to reach these people in California? We're going to Jordan, but who's going to reach the Muslims over here? And I know that may not be your burden. That may not be some people's calling. But it wasn't mine either. I didn't choose it. God just laid it on my heart. In the book of John, chapter 7, and verse 37, the Bible says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, he has a world reaching mentality. The Jews are not responding 
So he's just desperate to reach any man. If any man thirst, if any man thirst, if any man thirst, that's what Jesus was crying. If any man, if anybody's thirsty, let him come unto me. Let him come unto me and drink. I wish we can get that in our spirit. Hallelujah. I wish we can get that same cry. If any man thirst, if there's anybody here today and you're thirsty for Jesus, I don't know who's here. If there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, Jesus' cry is if any man thirst. I wish we would get that in our spirits for this world. This world's thirsty. This world. Hallelujah. Let's all stand and lift up our hands right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. If any man thirst, let him come. to me and drink get that in your spirit this is for any man it doesn't matter the status of life it doesn't matter their culture it doesn't matter their education if any man thirst if any man if anybody Who's going to reach him? Who's going to tell him about Jesus? Hallelujah. If you want to come down and weep and pray for your city, for your families, for this region, this county, for this world. Hallelujah. If any man thirst, if any man thirst, <laughs>
think every single one of us should try to get as close as we can. Praise God. We need to pray for our city. Praise God. Come on, we need to pray for our city. We need to pray for this area. 